got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. The Sacramento Kings improved to three and six after a 121 to 109 victory in Atlanta to close out their three-game road trip. They're headed back to Sacramento to take on the Portland Trail Blazers coming up on November 12th at the Golden One Center. There is a lot to dissect. Uh, with this game here in Atlanta, we saw the return of Harry Giles. We saw the return of Trevor Ariza. Now, those two returns are two very different things, uh, but we did see the return of both of them. And I'll explain here as the day rolls along, as the show rolls along, as this podcast rolls along. There's a couple of different stories I think uh, worth talking about here in this game. The two things that stand out to me the most uh, for the Sacramento Kings is their three-point shooting. And for the Atlanta Hawks, were their points in the paint? And I'm going to tell you how those two things coexist and how those two things ultimately led to the Sacramento Kings winning. There was a point there in the second quarter where the Sacramento Kings were up by 21 points. They took a six-point lead into halftime. They took an eight-point lead into the fourth quarter. And very, very early in that fourth quarter, we saw the lead get cut down to one. It was 94 to 93, and all of the momentum was at the backs of the Atlanta Hawks. And that was it. That's pretty much the end of it right there. The Hawks, they 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 never got over that 94-93 hump. As a matter of fact, the Sacramento Kings came out firing and they wound up blowing them out. Uh, they just never, they they were never able to take that next step. And I think part of the reason was. And this is a reason that they weren't able to... The, the Kings left the door wide open for the Atlanta Hawks, uh, particularly there late in the third quarter uh, when the lead had gotten down, you know, it gotten from 16. Uh, it ultimately ended at eight, but it had gotten down there to four. It had gotten down there to six. And the Hawks had a number of opportunities to walk through that door and just kick the Kings in the gut before the fourth quarter even started. But I noticed something about the way that they played. And this is, you know, again, as we noted, Trey Young had a really hot third quarter there. 16 points. He had a ton of assists. Like, he was involved in everything the Sacramento Kings had been doing. He had been relatively quiet up until that point. Lots going to be made of, of the Luke Walton challenge. I hate this coach's challenge. I have, I, I don't, I don't think I've seen it work. But I'm losing track between the NBA challenges and the NFL challenges. I feel like none of them work. This is the first time that I recall seeing a coach challenge a play and the play result in uh, points against the coach that challenged the play. As stupid as that sounds, it's even stupider to watch because it was at that moment that the Atlanta Hawks went on their run in the third quarter. Kings were up 18 when Luke Walton challenged a, like a foul. And it was sideline out of bounds. It was originally a foul on Trey Young. The referees changed it and said it was a foul on De'Aaron Fox. Luke Walton threw the fictitious red challenge flag, and suddenly it went on to be free throws for the Hawks. And the Hawks started running after that. That really got Trey Young going. There's going to be a lot made of that. A lot less because the Sacramento Kings won the game. Oh, but boy, oh boy, if they had lost, that would have been a topic of conversation for the next couple of days. Because again, the Kings don't play until they take on the Portland Trailblazers on November 12th. Uh, but what I noticed during that run, uh, as hot as Trey Young got, 
as hot as the Atlanta Hawks overall got. They deviated from what was working for them. Trey Young, one of the things that made him a really exciting player his rookie year was the fact that he takes those Steph Curry-length threes, the fact that he just pulls up in traffic and takes three-pointers. He did that a lot today. As a matter of fact, a number of the Atlanta Hawks did today. And, man, it didn't work. But you know what was working was the paint. The paint was working for them. They were getting dunks. They were getting alley-oops. They were getting uncontested layups. Their run... They're in the third quarter. They had a 12-0 run at one point. That was broken up by De'Aaron Fox. That was an inside presence. A hundred percent an inside presence. They outscored the Kings 66 to 36 in paint points. But the problem for the Hawks is they want, they want those highlights. They want to be that exciting team. And what made it worse for them is they were attempting to match the threes. The Kings were taking. Kings shot 31 threes. Now, by the measurement of their season so far, that's not a ton. Good number, not a ton. What's amazing is that they hit 18 of them. That's the difference in the ballgame right there. 18 of 31 threes. I just gave you the points in the paint. 66 to 36. It was working for the Atlanta Hawks. Yet... They still shot 28 three-pointers. Many of them were contested. And some of them, we need to have a like a three-point range. And then we have need to have like the, the super duper three-point range. Because that's that's what that's what Trey Young was doing. Like he was just pulling up from like, what are you doing, man? He was pulling up from like 30 feet regularly. Now he did it a couple of times when he wasn't in a groove. He did it a couple of times when it felt like he was looking for something to get himself going because, again, he wasn't. He wasn't going at all. Uh, and then he took a, he took two more after he had gotten hot there in the third quarter. But remember, that lead in the third quarter had gotten down to four. And the Kings, they kept, oh, they stretched it back to eight. All right, back down to six. They got it back to eight. Got it back down to four, and they got it back to eight. Like, that kept happening there towards the, I, I would say, over the course of the last three and a half, two and a half, three and a half minutes of the third quarter. But you would see Trey Young take these bad shots. You would see the Atlanta Hawks take these bad shots. And I'm looking, and I finally get to the some point midway through the third quarter, where, or late in the third quarter, where I'm pulling up, like, let me find these team stats with, with points in the paint. And I see how they're just dominating on the inside. I'm watching that like, why don't you stick to what's working? Like, this is working. If you had an opportunity, I would argue, and I could certainly be wrong. Like, I don't know. It's a hypothetical game here. But if the Atlanta Hawks had taken the lead, just a one-point lead or a two-point lead, at the end of the third quarter heading into the fourth, they could have mentally put the Sacramento Kings away. But what kept them from doing that is that they kept deviating away from what was working for them. But this is a Sacramento Kings podcast, not an Atlanta Hawks podcast. So who gives a damn what the Atlanta Hawks were doing right and do or wrong? What matters is what the Sacramento Kings did. And what they did is they hit 58.1% of the threes. Another thing we saw them do uh, that we don't see very often from them is they hit their free throws at a pretty high clip. They didn't shoot a ton of them. And this was a relatively clean game, by the way. I didn't feel like the teams were living at the foul line. Uh, I didn't feel like this game was just overwhelmingly slow. 
Uh, I didn't feel like there were a lot of turnovers. Matter of fact, I think I got the turnovers right in front of me. 15 for Sacramento, uh, 13 uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. So nothing egregious there. Uh, But the Kings were 19 to 22 at the foul line. So they took advantage of their three-pointers, and they took advantage of their free baskets as well. Uh, 42 of 76 from the field. And again, I say the difference in this game is the Sacramento Kings three-point percentage. Kings were 42 of 76 from the field. The Atlanta Hawks were 46 of 87. That's a 55% clip to a 52% clip. That's not outrageous. It's certainly not a uh, not a 12-point win outrageous. But man, 18, to, it felt like... Eight, and not only did the Kings hit a lot of threes, they hit a lot of timely threes. And I joked at the beginning of this podcast that we saw the return of Harry Giles, which we did at the beginning of the second quarter. Man, we saw the return of Trevor Ariza. And I think... I think we might have seen the debut of Coach Luke Walton. I think we saw something today from Luke Walton that we haven't seen all year. There was a point uh, in the fourth quarter after the lead had gotten down. As we mentioned, it was 94 to 93. The Kings got going immediately after Luke Walton called the timeout right there. The Kings got going. And Corey Joseph was out there. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich was out there. Trevor Ariza was out there. We didn't see, you know, the, some coaches go on a clock. Like, oh, it's six minutes left. Let's get Buddy and De'Aaron back in there. It's four and a half minutes left. Let's get Rashawn Holmes back in there. That I, that didn't happen. I feel like I feel like Luke Walton is one of those guys who who coaches on a clock. And there's not a lot of them. This this isn't exclusive to Luke Walton by any stretch of the imagination. There are a lot of coaches that clo- Kings fans know George Carl. He was a clock. Coach, it didn't matter what type of momentum the lineup had out there on the floor. If it came time, if that clock hit the time that the sub normally comes in or that the starter goes back in the game, damn it, that starter went back in. If that uh, reserve player had hit 14 three-pointers in a row, it didn't matter. It was time. That's what the clock said. I think today was the first day, in, at least it was the first time that I could remember that we saw kind of a a deviation in Luke Walton's normal rotations. That group there in the fourth quarter for the Sacramento Kings, they were running the Hawks, and they were frustrating the Hawks. And Luke Walton let him out there, left him out there. Bogdan Bogdanovich was a big part of it. Corey Joseph played 29 minutes tonight. Uh, Dwayne Dedman played 11. Trevor Ariza played 24. Like, we saw those guys out there working. Bogey had, Bogey was 5 of 6 shooting. And it felt like every single one of those three-pointers were timely. Not just the three-pointers, but the one two-pointer that he made. It felt very timely. Um, he got the job done today. Uh, 20 points off of the bench. 14 points for Trevor Ariza. He was four of six. You often hear the term that shooting is contagious. Both good and bad. Well, tonight for the Sacramento Kings, the shooting was contagious in a very, very good way. And another good number, a great number to watch. 42 made baskets for the Sacramento Kings, 27 assists. There was ball movement. And I can think of, I mean, I can't even think off the top of my head a three-pointer that wasn't assisted. I'm thinking of Harrison Barnes in the corner a couple of times. With the Irish Bogey hit a big step back three. Uh, in the fourth quarter. Obviously, that one was unassisted. But when you run through the highlights of the Sacramento Kings 
uh, tonight or you go back and you watch the game a second time or you watch a condensed version or you watch highlights or film, you're going to see a lot of those three-pointers that were made tonight. And there were 18 of them. Uh, they were assisted. So 27 assists for the Sacramento Kings, an absolutely great number uh, for them. Trevor Ariza, as I mentioned, uh, he was four of six. Buddy, three of eight from three. Nemanja Bialica, who got the game started uh, with back-to-back three-pointers. The Kings were down 6-0, and Belly came out and hit back-to-back three-pointers. He scored 13 on the day. Not the big performance from Rashawn Holmes, though he did lead the team in rebounding. His energy, even when his baskets aren't there, even when the point column isn't adding up, his energy level is always exactly the same. And that's what I love about him, and I think that's what Kings fans love so much about him, is if he's not scoring, it doesn't matter. He's still going to play hard. Let's head out to Luke Walton. Good team win for us. Uh, showed a lot of resilience as a group, uh, and that's what we're looking for as we keep moving on in the season. Uh, I thought we showed a lot in Toronto. We weren't able to win that game. Uh, but you get on the road in this league against a team that, that gets hot and momentum gets going, it's... It's tough to, to stop it in its tracks like our guys did tonight. So, uh, you know, good uh, good contributions from first unit guys, second unit guys, and that's why we're always preaching team. It doesn't matter who starts, who finishes. It matters who's out there playing well. It was nice to get Harry back. And, uh, you know, Trevor, Corey, Bogey, some of our bench guys had really big games for us tonight. What, uh, what do you think has been the difference in terms of, of hitting shots and, and missing them um, as you guys did in the first week? Yeah, we've been getting good shots early. We're getting them now. I think it's just kind of getting getting our legs under us a little bit, getting familiar, more familiar with each other. Uh, you know, it always takes a little bit of time to, uh, you know, you, you know where your teammates like to shoot. Do they like shooting coming left, coming right? Uh, you know, what's the play calls, the spacing, all these things. It just, you know, it, it takes some, you know, some time. And we have really good shooters on our team. We know that. Uh, our front office has done an incredible job of, of, of building that. So uh, we're going to keep taking them. And there's, you know, whether they're going in or not, when we're open, we, we want our guys letting it fly. And tonight, just, you know, we happen to make a, a good amount of them. Are you seeing better spacing and angles? Yeah, on- yeah, yeah, we're getting our spacing's getting better. Uh, and, you know, it still needs to get a, a lot better for where we're, we're planning on, on going. Um, but it is, it's getting better. The, the progress is, is happening. The guys uh, continue to work. And we, uh, as a staff, continue to, to work and drill and uh, happy with uh, where we're at and where we're, uh, you know, the progress that we're making. What would you see from Harry? And, and what are your thoughts on how that looks going forward with, three fives you want to play um goes back to the idea of look we're a team so uh, i thought harry looked great tonight uh i'll watch the film on the flight home and, and have a better understanding of what he did out there but about his energy his uh you know his toughness his passing ability really showed in those minutes um but i also thought you know, our other bigs had great moments. I thought Rashawn finished the game like a like a winner. He was out there shocking the ball and running back and rebounding. And DD stepped up like a solid vet, knocked down some free throws and late in that third when they were on a run, uh, made some nice plays defensively. So everyone brings different things to the table. It's my job to see in that game what do we need the most. That's who I go with, and we support each other, whatever that decision is. You mentioned Ariza, Bogey, Corey. Uh, is this a good representation of the kind of depth you, you feel like you have on this team? I think so. I think they, uh, uh, I think they, they, they've, they've shown great leadership since they've been here. 
and and tonight, uh, you know, on the court, that they they made really impressive plays uh, in a in a tough tough environment when another team had all the momentum. So uh, I think they you know they showed why you know they've been winners uh, you know their their whole careers. What um, talk a little bit about the the lead getting down to down to one and then what it took to kind of reestablish yourselves there. Yeah, you got to give them credit. They kept fighting. Uh, you know, Trey is a heck of a player, and they give. You know, they have the same idea we do: get, get a dynamic point guard and give him space. And once he got, you know, he gets uh, hot, he can shoot from 40. So the the momentum shifted, and we had some good looks that didn't go. That's basketball. But um, what you're what we're trying to do is get good shots every time down, and every time down defensively, make them take tough shots. And uh, you know. It, Credit to our players for for sticking with it and, and 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 taking that that run and then going on our own run to end the game. One thing we're touching on there is uh, Luke Walton wraps up his post game media scrum. Uh, obviously, some talk about Harry Giles there. Harry Giles uh, started the second quarter for the Sacramento Kings, and this has uh, been a week where we've heard a lot and read a lot about Harry. We know that the Sacramento Kings declined to pick up his option for next season. Uh, if you were with us uh, the day the regular season started, hopefully you heard our conversation with James Ham where we talked about the the mystery of Harry Giles and Ham let us know that you know they they the the, the Kings weren't particularly they weren't particularly thrilled with how he came into camp and uh, they weren't particularly thrilled with the shape that he was in. And it felt like this week there was a lot of it felt like there was a lot of stuff written and said about Harry Giles' work ethic and about his approach to the offseason and what the Sacramento Kings thought and or think of him. Um I don't know I don't know. James Ham was the first one to bring it to our attention uh when he said they they you know he's he's kind of been a cloud of mystery. He's been kept from us. We haven't really gotten to talk to him. As a matter of fact, we haven't gotten to talk to him since media day. We thought he was going to be ready to go. It turns out that he wasn't. He didn't make the trip to India. Now you've got the declined option. And it it reeked of a smear campaign. Like, I just, I didn't understand it. Like, why is this stuff all being said now? Um, and, and this is kind of the danger of having so many unanswered questions surrounding one player. And Harry was, and we've talked about it on this podcast quite a bit. We've devoted almost entire episodes to the you know, mystery that was Harry Giles' preseason in his training camp. And I just didn't get how all of a sudden Jason Jones, not, not that, and I'm sure, I'm very, very confident Jason Jones has had this information long before this week. But it was written about this week, and it was you know touched on more from James Ham this week. Virtually every single person who covers the Sacramento Kings had something to say about Harry Giles and his work ethic in the offseason and why the Kings didn't pick up the option. And Harry Giles is a he's a fan favorite, and he's a guy that I think a lot of Kings fans were rooting for, and I still believe a lot of Sacramento Kings fans are rooting for. He's kind of an impossible guy not to root for, uh, knowing what he's been through. Uh, you you want the best for him. I didn't like the way that all went down this week, and I don't, I, I, I don't know the origins of it. I'm telling you my opinion on it. This is a this is a uh, an opinion portion here of the podcast. Now that we've got the game covered, it is I I just didn't really love how it seemed 
it, it was almost like a press release went out to, you know, a select number of King's media saying, okay, here's the story on Harry. And it was like, wait, you could decline to pick up the option on Harry Giles. Like that's, that's absolutely fine. But we're going to start challenging the dude's work ethic. Like after that, like again, you've got cap decisions that you have to make. You've got a salary cap that you've got to navigate and you've got two potential max players coming up over the next couple of years. You're entitled to not bring a player black back, whether it's, Two million, three million, four million, or whatever you think Harry Giles is going to command here in the upcoming offseason. I don't matter. It's good. I don't imagine it's going to be that much. I, I just, I, I just didn't like it. It felt uncomfortable. It was weird, especially for Harry. It's not. It just, it, it was weird. I, I, I don't know. Harry Giles is a guy that I feel like a lot of people root for, and it, and it was, it, it, you know, there's one thing, or there's two. There are two things that. Sacramento Kings fans, especially the vocal portion of Sacramento Kings fans, will not stand for. One, don't talk about money. And two, you better not be lacking effort. I think that's why Kings fans love Rashawn Holmes so much. Because you're never going to look at Rashawn Holmes and go, man, I wish he had more energy. Or man, I wish he was playing hard. Or harder. Kings fans, they do not tolerate lack of effort. So if you throw out, oh yeah, we don't really like Harry Giles' work ethic... Suddenly the antennas go up like, huh? Oh, yeah? Harry's going to be here in Sacramento and he's not going to work? And from what it seems like, man, no one bought it. I think everyone was just like bummed. Like, really? Oh, man. That sucks. We dig Harry. Like, he's cool. We'll see what he's able to do. He only played eight minutes today. You heard Luke Walton say there he's going to, you know, he's going to go examine the film. Like, they are, uh, some members of the media were reporting it that there was a target date for the game on Tuesday against the Portland Trailblazers. The first person, I'm sure a number of other people did. I know the Sacramento Kings Twitter account did, but the first uh, tweet that I saw was from Gary Gerald, who said that the uh, Sacramento Kings have ha, had announced that Harry Giles was going to be active for tonight's game. And again, the first quarter uh, came and went when we got back from commercial break there to start the second. Harry Giles was out there on the floor. Uh, played a total of eight minutes. Uh, he, I mean, I felt like he, you know, the Kings were up quite a bit. Uh, they were up by seven, I think it was, to to start the second quarter. And Harry came in and a couple baskets, a couple free throws, block shot, and, and, and that was about it. And, and that was kind of his time. I don't know what his I don't know what his season's gonna look like. They've got the they've got the uh the Blazers coming up on Tuesday. They've got the Lakers on Friday in LA, and then they're back to take on uh the Boston Celtics, a game I'm looking forward to. On Sunday, so I, I'm 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 anxious to see. Do we see an increase again? Just eight minutes tonight. The question to Luke Walton just a few moments ago was kind of that that crowded front court. It's like, well, what are you going to do with him? I mean, Deadman got some run out there, of course. Uh, Belly's getting some run. Rashawn Holmes. We we see what's going on there. So it's a it's a story to follow for sure. Uh, but the story of today is the Sacramento Kings. They hit their threes. Uh, they hit them at a hell of a clip. And that was the difference between them winning and losing. Uh, Sacramento Kings now moved to three and six, uh, wrapping up this three-game road trip. Uh, two and one. Not bad. Not bad at all. Wrapping it up two and one, a pretty hard-fought game uh, against the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Or a pretty hard-fought game, excuse me, against the Toronto Raptors. Hopefully uh, a hard-fought game against the Portland Trailblazers, which results in a win. But that's a little forecasting. That game is not until Tuesday at the Golden One Center. As always, appreciate you so much 
for being a part of the show. If you're not a subscriber yet, please do become one. Hit the subscribe button there on Apple Podcast. If you got a split second, you see those stars right there. If you could hit the fifth one, that would be great. If you got an extra 60 to 90 seconds and you want us to leave us a review, we'd greatly appreciate that. If you want to hear some sports talk outside the realm of the Sacramento Kings, Check out the podcast with Damian Barling, available on this very same podcast platform that you're listening to this one on. And I've got all sorts of products I could show to you. I even got a new health and fitness podcast that you could check out. It's called In the Game. Uh, So if health and fitness is your thing or you want it to be your thing as 2020 approaches, uh, check that out. Appreciate you again so much for tuning in. The Sacramento Kings get the win. 121 to 109 they're leaving atlanta winners they're leaving atlanta three and six we will be back after the game at the golden one center on tuesday here on the sacramento kings podcast presented by hoopball and the hoopball podcast network